Good morning. Today's Bible reading comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Vanessa. Good morning. My name is Scott, and the privilege this morning, and it is this morning, because I normally speak at the 6.30 service, and I'm in the habit of saying good evening. Whenever I'm on this stage, regardless of what time it is, so check. That was one mistake I made when I last preached this message. So I'm on a roll. So uh, first, uh, before we start, most importantly, let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that, that this contains all the instructions and all the reassurance and most importantly, the good news that we may have eternal life and it's available for us. Lord, speak through me, use me as your servant. Let your spirit guide what I say so that your word may be preached and that we may be impacted and that we may go out and serve you with with even more enthusiasm and, and vigour, such that people will be saved. Amen. All right, so today we'll be speaking about the vine and the branches. So to give you some background, Jesus shared this with his disciples just after Passover, and that was when the first communion was held and it was just before Jesus' death so it wasn't exactly a uh, optimistic time for the disciples the the mood very anxious very perplexed and here he is typical style 
putting across something quite powerful and quite forward-looking despite the immediate danger. This too was a, a very familiar agricultural image to the people at the time. Uh, very much a lot of the, the commerce was based on living off the land and growing something and selling it and as far as an image goes it was it was quite familiar. However, more so than that was this this was a, an image very dear to Israel and and very familiar to them going back to the scriptures. So what we'll be covering off today in a in a summary we will learn that Jesus is the true source of life. God will strengthen his disciples, do you guys, to bear more fruit. And that through Jesus, we are joined and commanded to love one another. In that, we'll cover three points. First, Jesus is the true vine. There are, there are other vines out there that we may uh, try and attach ourselves to, but he is the true source. The painful one that you will be pruned to bear more fruit. Quite frankly, that doesn't sound too appealing on the, on the face of it, but as we will learn, that, that pruning is an essential part of, of a Christian's walk. And lastly, to keep my command. But we need to go back and start and find out what is the vine. And as, as mentioned, this, this vine imagery, very dear to the people of Israel. And we look here in Psalm 80. It reads, you transplanted a vine from Egypt, you drove out the nations and planted it. Following on in Isaiah, the vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. Quite clear. And the people of Israel took that to heart such that they saw themselves as that vine and that was reflected all throughout the culture the currency had vines on the coins the vines were, were, were very much a major part of the temple and historically that was also verified by the historian Flavius Josephus. And I will read this in how I believe a historian would have pronounced at the time, torn whether to go with David Attenborough or some English accent. Didn't run this past my wife whether I could do this, but I'll give it a bash. Um, but that gate, which was at the end of the first part of the house, was, as we have already observed, all over covered with gold, as was its whole wall about it. It also had golden vines above it, from which clusters of grapes hung as tall as a man's height. Now, that was not historically accurate as to how people spoke at the time, but what, what I want to stress here is that these grapes were made, were covered in gold, tall as a man's height. Now, People weren't as tall as, as they are now, but we're, we're talking this, this sort of size. And 
The vine, remember, was the nation of Israel, central to who they identified themselves as being and, 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 and how they saw God stating their role. And then Jesus comes along. And go to the next slide. He states, nope, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I don't imagine that went down too well. Again, it's Jesus coming in, knowing who he is, who his father is, where he has been sent, and landing in the middle of, of the society and flipping everything upside down. When you take that historical background into perspective, then that's something that could get you killed. And it, it's, it certainly raised the ire of the religious folk. However, Jesus wasn't there just to ruffle feathers, wasn't there as a just, just to uh, act as an agitator. The question is, why did he say this? And remember, he was amongst his disciples. They, they knew trouble was coming, and, and one of the reasons was to reassure them, despite what was going to happen to Jesus. Again, very selfless. And in verse 5, he states, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So despite what was going to happen, despite the fact that he is going to be hung on a cross to leave this earth in his bodily form, they will be able to remain in him. Then the obvious point here is, well, what, what are the branches? What about the branches that do not remain in him? And this, this is an important point in this passage. There are, there are two types of branches. You have the fruitful and the fruitless. Separate categories. And we read in verse 6, so if you do not remain in me, the fruitless, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Fruitless branches are separated and he was speaking directly to one person particular at that time, Judas Iscariot. But what about the fruitful branches? Now, to give an example here, I have a real vine. Um, before I get into this, a uh, quick poll. Has anyone seen the movie Despicable Me 1 or 2? Excellent. And has anyone here wanted their own minions? Well, let's see how well this goes. Here I have an example of a real vine.
Pope's work. <laughs> that man has earned himself a banana. <laughs> so, a vine here with the branches being nourished and I should state this, this is my wife's very precious, is it again? West Indian vine, is that right, honey? Yeah. Um, the first time I used this, I didn't ask whether I could bring it to church. See, I've since begged forgiveness. And if anything happens to this vine, this may be the last time I preach. We'll do anything. <laughs> so... The vine here cannot operate on its own. There's, there's, a, there's a gardener involved, and the gardener's role is to ensure that the branches produce fruit. So there's, there's several tasks involved. We need to remove the cobwebs, uh, uh, fungus, um, and cut off those fruitless branches. However, even the fruitful branches require pruning. And the reason that's, that's required is that pruning will concentrate the sap for fruit bearing. And this, this word pruning comes from the Greek word kathairo, and it means to cleanse from, from filth or prune from. So physically with the vine, such, such filth can be the, the, the cobwebs, the fungus, even got ants crawling on this one. Um, and also we want the sap feeding through so that we produce fruit and the fruitless branches I've just noticed one here it's dead um, Joe, can this be snapped no she says um, <laughs> this fruitless branch here it's it's dying it is it is not nourishing not supporting the vine no fruit at all. Note that. No fruit coming from this vine. It will be thrown away, put into the fire, and burned. Now, here, here we have physical fruit, um, amazing uh, West Indian limes, which I hear can be used to, to bake delicious key lime pies. In fact, that is the reason my wife brought, bought this vine. Very food-focused. However, Jesus isn't referring to physical fruit here. It's a question of, so what, what fruit are we talking about? And we, we get reference to that in Galatians, Galatians 5, 24. For But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus part of the vine, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's quite a checklist. Question for you, how would you rate against all of those items with your conduct this week? I know for myself, Particularly at work, it can get quite challenging. There are people of different skills and abilities and, and different temperaments and different ways they respond and people who do things a certain way that I don't agree with. And how do I respond to them with 
following all of those instructions. That is, that is quite difficult. So here we, here we have a checklist. Here we have quite very high bar, but there is hope and God has a way for us to reach higher, to, to, to achieve those things in even greater measure. If we go to the next slide, one way that that will happen is that God will use the difficult times to make us more like Jesus. We read in Hebrews 12.7 that we are to endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. And what is the outcome of this discipline? It will be a bountiful harvest. And we see in Hebrews 12:11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so what we learn here is that God uses these trials for you to bear more fruit. Importantly, God will not tempt you, will not break you, and he will nourish you. And the question to ask yourself is, is are you bearing more fruit and that's the key word in here. It's not that we have this baseline of fruit and uh, that's my fruit quota and I've now borne that fruit so I'm done and I can take the rest of the week off. But that we are to bear more fruit. We learn that through these, these trials and, and tribulations that they have a purpose, that God is, is moulding and shaping us to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. Now, again, we have that love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And how do we bear more fruit? And it's quite simple, really. Love each other as I have loved you. And you'd find that if that was followed... Ah, there'd be a lot less grief in the world. Imagine what it would be like if that rule was followed in my house with six and eight-year-old daughters, a 20-month-old is going on 15, and you may be shocked to discover sometimes there is conflict. And the thing with this conflict, there's always an excuse. Oh, but she said, oh, but this happened. Oh, but I did this. Oh, but she ran into me. Oh, but she looked at me. Oh, she breathed in my direction. All real examples. Always a reason, always, yeah, it's okay, I'm allowed to do that because of this and this and this. However, Jesus states, love each other as I have loved you. And if that rule was followed, we would see 99.99% recurring, let's round up to 100, 
90% of conflict go away. Now, imagine if that rule was followed at work. Talking to myself here. Again, oh, that person isn't following the, uh, the programming standards here. They're not using the standard processes here and get a bit puffed up. And recently I failed with that and I let that, that self-righteous in indignation and, and I, I didn't follow the example as we did at home with uh, the slapping and sometimes it gets physical. But I did not respond the right way. I did not follow the command, love each other as I have loved you. Now, what if that was always followed on the road as we're driving? I'm not looking at Daryl for any reason in particular. Find a lot of incidents would, would, would go away and as and as such, Daryl, being the perfect driver, often, often sees other drivers respond inappropriately to his safe operation of a motor vehicle. Lastly, what would church be like if we always followed this command? Love each other as I have loved you. And again, we are, we are, we are people, we are... We are sinful but saved by the grace of God, but at times we do get a bit grisly with each other. And, and often it's similar to the same sort of excuses I, I hear at home. There'll be a very good reason that I'm, I'm upset with someone and I'll, and I'll respond a certain way. But if I was to love each other as I have loved you, as Jesus commanded, I think we would find, again, probably not all, but most conflicts evaporate. Now that's a big ask. Uh, thankfully we have help and this is impossible to do on our own. As we read in verse 4, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you Remain in me. The vine sustains, gives us the strength. The gardener will prune. And we are all connected and utterly dependent on the true vine. Jesus is the true source of life. God will strengthen his disciples to bear more fruit. And it's through Jesus that we are all joined and commanded to love one another. And so how, how do we respond to this? What is the application? First, you are to produce fruit, and that's an absolute given if, if you are a Christian. Expect to be pruned with the outcome that you will produce more fruit. Now, what's good here is to, is, is to have a look at your journey. And if you have been a, a Christian for a short period of time, it's a bit easier. Because you will have acted a certain way 
before accepted Jesus Christ as your saviour. And the result of that will be a change in attitudes, change in behaviour. And, and also you will see that when you're saved, that you're out there and now producing that fruit. There, there will be a difference. And for you, as a, if, if you've just been saved, that, that pruning is coming. It's going to be painful. It's going to be unexpected as well. It can be quite insidious. Those, those hardships often come as distractions that sneak in or, or things that, that take our time away from service. That evil box that lives in our house with the bright, alluring lights can be something that takes us away. Again, television on its own is, is not bad, but comes down to who are you serving and who is your master. Also, too, in this generation, it's not that, that television that can take our time. It's that, that device that lives in our pocket that we keep pulling out and checking our... Uh, our posts and seeing if people like those posts. For those who don't realise, I'm referring to Facebook. Anyone here without a Facebook account? Don't join up. <laughs> However, Facebook on its own is, is not evil, but comes down to who is your master and who are you serving. So you will be pruned. You will find that the hardships will come throughout your life through different periods. As for those whom, whom God will, will send you a partner as you get married, there are different challenges there. When children come, they take a lot of time. When you, when you start working, my, my goodness, that's, that's a whole other kettle of fish. For those year 12s just graduating, starting university, again, there will be hardships. For, for those mums at home with, with that adorable little cherub that will attach itself here and not detach, will not leave you alone, <laughs> it can be a form of hardship as well. One reason I escape to work during the day. However, the, the outcome of all of these things, the hardships and the trials, the discipline that God puts in your way, is so that you will be pruned to produce more fruit. The fruitless branches, though, clear distinction. Remember, we have fruitful and fruitless. The fruitless branches will be cut off forever, thrown in the fire and burned. So it's quite... Quite extreme, quite serious here. However, the fruitless branches, there is hope. We read in, in Ephesians the good news. And I'm I'm speaking to anyone out here today who not accepted Jesus, not a not a Christian, or not not quite sure this this is for you. But because of his great love for us. 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is that grace, that free gift, that's the entry ticket to get onto the vine to be the fruitful branch. Again, we have fruitful, we have fruitless. There's no in-between. There is, no, I'm a little bit fruitful, I do the bare minimum. You're in or you're out. But with God's saving grace, you can have eternal life, your sins can be forgiven, your slate wiped clean. And that is something available for you today. And if that is something that you would like to find out more, please see Daryl, please, please see myself, please see anyone else wearing a name tag to find out more. So to summarise, we learnt today that Jesus is the true vine, that you will be pruned to bear more fruit, I suppose lastly, but most importantly, you are to keep my command. This command that if you follow, we will find that life would get a lot easier, less conflict, but as humans as we are, very difficult to do. That command being, of course, to love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. Repeat it. Remember it. Love each other as I have loved you. But remember, not in your strength, not something that you have to do on your own, not something that you can achieve because you have gone through self-improvement and betterment and working out at the gym and something that you have earned, something that you can do through your own might. It is only through the nourishment of the vine, through being connected, through getting the strength and the encouragement that you will be able to keep Jesus' command and the outcome of that, imagine, imagine our church if that command was always kept. Imagine what it would be like at home, at work, the daily commute, if we were to love each other as I have loved you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that even now, so many years after your death, that we have your words, that we have that available, and that we can learn, can read, to be more like you. Thank you, Lord, that it is not in our strength that we are to live out our days on earth. And lastly, Lord, thank you for the free gift that you gave us, and that in your command that we are to love each other as you have loved us, that we are not on our own, but it is only through you that we may produce more fruit. In these things we pray. In your name. Amen.